Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. <laughs> so excited you are here. I know that you love to uh, poke fun at my intro, uh, Ryan, because it, it breaks the mic. Is that it, what you It <laughs> does. It's the loudest thing in the podcast every time. Well, I'm trying to wake these people up. They're driving. They're on their lawnmowers mowing their grass. They are uh, laying on their, maybe on their bed, trying to just soak up some wisdom. Yeah. I know that uh, for me, a podcast is normally a leisure activity, and so that intro is very key for me. Yeah. Maybe not as key as I want to pretend like it is. But <laughs> I, I usually listen like on a bike ride, on mm-hmm. my riding lawnmower. Yep. That's so welcome, everyone <laughs> on your lawnmowers. Well, we're now mowing our grass because it's warm enough again. Yeah. Although in Missouri, it seems to jump from about 95 to about 35 in about six hours. Yep. So uh, we'll see which day it is when you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is episode 51. If you uh, missed our episode 50 that we just uh, put out this last week before Easter, uh, I think it's a treat. I think it's one of our best episodes. It's definitely one of the ones that I enjoyed making the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan had put in some time uh, the year before into studying atonement theories, and so he, you, willingly broke down a few of them and drug me along, allowed me to just uh, kind of be the, the, the question guy. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I think you have a few more that at some point we may jump back into that topic. Yeah, we got a lot of great feedback on it. And we I'd did. love to circle back around. I think it'd be a, a great one. To it was do a again. lot of fun. It really was. And I, I am still reading Between Two Trees by um, Shane Wood, and I'm enjoying it. And it's one of those, like, it's put me on a path to, yeah, some neat questions. Yeah. So uh, today, though, we are going to jump into a topic that I think uh, both of us, I, I kind of brought it up a couple days ago, and we've had several conversations in the hallway, and then even right before we started, I, I think it's a topic that um, is is a healthy discussion every now and then. I think it's a mm-hmm. healthy discussion over the course of your faith, and I definitely think it's something that at the beginning and as you're going, continuing to learn about yeah. is really, really important. Um, so it's the discussion on baptism. Yeah, uh, We are a part of the non-denominational Christian tradition yes so <laughs> the barton stone frontier how many more words can we throw on this? I, you, know, I you know it's one of those like as you study church history you'll figure out like what are we yeah we are a lot of things what we were was an interdenominational church hangout group yeah that eventually people were like oh you're a part of the well it's disciples of christ only yeah. back then mm-hmm. and they were like oh you're a part of that well you're not a presbyterian anymore kicked out yep and uh, we didn't want to be our own church, but now we are. Now we are. <laughs> yeah. All it took was 15 years or so. I don't know. It's, it's one of those, like, I think it's it's one of those movements, too, that because it doesn't have an attachment to a larger body of mm-hmm. kind of codes or, you know, what we would call theologic, theological uh, kind of staples or foundations. Yeah. we There's no dogmatic thing that binds our churches together other yeah. than the major stuff like Jesus. Jesus, he rose again. He's Lord of all creation. Yes. And there's there's lots of things that even in our discussions when we have uh, those with like people that are joining or, or choosing to make Kingsway their home, you know, I've I've kind of stolen this for several different pastors, but they they use the the kind of illustration of like there's a few things that I would hold with a closed fist that I would fight you on. Yeah. And that's like, you know, Jesus is Lord, he rose from the grave, he needs to be number one, he's the only way, you know. And there are lots of things with an open hand that I think are open for discussion yeah. that we need to figure out and and walk through. So I guess what the discussion is for today is like, 
many questions come to my mind, and I don't know if you're listening to this podcast today and you're going like, I have baptism completely figured out, and I've thought through it completely, and I, I know exactly where I stand. Uh, maybe some of you are listening to this and you grew up um, in a different denomination or a different teaching or a different understanding of baptism, and you've slowly kind of been learning maybe the different ways that baptism can kind of show up. Maybe some of you, you've heard it said a lot, you've heard it talked about, but you've never really had a discussion yeah. or researched any. And I think for today, we want to kind of preface our discussion. And Ryan and I were really, you know, we, we weren't scared. I won't say scared, but I, I was a little scared. <laughs> all right, maybe I'm scared. I think scared yeah. is a bad way. I think what we, we, what we don't want is to chase people away. And what we don't want is to discourage people um, maybe in what they currently believe. But what yeah. we want is to provide a healthy place to have good discussions about these things. And certain topics like this sometimes, because they can have some deep emotions attached to them and deep mm -hmm. convictions attached to them, can be a little bit tricky to talk about. And I know for you and I, we want to be willing to have those discussions because I think they're worthy of our time. I think they're worthy of our discussion because it, it helps give depth. It helps give real footing and foundations to our faith, but I think it also helps us learn and grow. Yeah. Um, so let's start with this. Um, when we think about baptism, like what comes to your mind and like thinking about where you grew up, how you grew up, like when you first learned about what this, like this idea of like getting to swim in church, yeah. like yeah. what came to your mind or what comes to your mind thinking about the original kind of thought processes around baptism? So I grew up in church, but my church, um, I think since like I was three years old from about three years old to like 13, 14. Um, so most of the time I would have been learning by experience and by being around, we were a mobile church. So we met in a high school, yeah. we met in a community center and the community center was probably where we met most like the longest and, and during like my early teenage, like yeah. older kid years. And so there, there's no baptistry in the meeting room we had, but they did have a pool. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't watch a lot of baptisms because they were outside of the service. It was like everybody leave the service, finger quotes, and go over to the pool so we can baptize somebody. So us and, uh, and some of the other kids would just like hang out and eat snacks and whatever and not really go in there. Yeah. When I first like learned about baptism and saw it in action was like maybe nine or ten I think I got baptized at 11. So when I think about baptism, I think about um, me and my youth minister going to that pool to the shallow end where we could kind of stand up and it only be to like, like my shoulders are a little below um, and watching like, like bleachers full of people going up. Um, say my confession, like watching them, watching me say my confession of faith and get baptized. And yeah. And the post baptism hug is the greatest thing it is. on the planet. That's, it, that's what I think about when it, I think about baptism. And my, my experience is not far off of that. And I think there's yeah. a lot of people that maybe have different ones, but it's funny that ours are similar. I, you know, I grew up in a non-denominational Christian church and never yep. grew up in anything different. I didn't know anything different uh, coming to the Midwest and then being around, even my wife grew up in a non-instrumental you know, church of Christ. Like we were having discussions on this and I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, very different. But yeah. mine, mine was very similar. Like I got baptized at 10. Um, you know, we celebrated my baptism every year. Like when it came around, yeah. my, my mom would like, you know, buy me a new Bible or, you know, whatever. But it was very similar. Like we had a baptism in our church, though, because we had a building. 
mm-hmm. and it was off to the side, and it would just be like in the middle of the worship service or right before a sermon. All of a sudden, the curtains would draw, and then everybody would look over, and there's the people in the white robes, and yeah. you know, and then we, you know, we we would say the three questions. You know, do you believe Jesus? Do you believe you're a sinner? Do you believe Jesus died and rose again for you? Do you want to make him the Lord of your life? Awesome, you know, and under the water, baptizing in his death, you know, awake in, yeah. in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I like that. That that's a little more deep and a little more thorough than mine was because we no white robes we didn't bring those in mm-hmm. to mobile church yep um and all they asked was do you believe like the the just one question good confession kind of thing do you believe that mm-hmm. Jesus is how am I forgetting this do, I'm fired wait. immediately no 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 but let's <laughs> say I know for us it's like do you believe Jesus is God. Do you believe he died? Do you believe yeah. he rose from the grave? Do you believe you're a sinner? You, need, you know what I mean? Yeah. Accept. And, you know, for me, it was my youth pastor used, do you want to make him the boss of your life? And yeah. I always was like, Lord, I mean, like, the boss is like, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't have to listen to you. And I need a day off. <laughs> you know, like type, yeah. type language when I got older. So if that's our <laughs> tradition, why, why then, if we're unified, does it make talking about this so challenging? Yeah. And I think what, what I alluded to here just a second ago is that when I came into contact with people that had different understandings or different experiences, uh, maybe the Catholicism, uh, Lutheran or, or Methodist background, mm-hmm. um, had been baptized as a baby or as a child um, in front of the whole, and then now they're an adult and then are our church, and I'm asking them to get baptized, and they're like, do I need to baptize again? <laughs> like, yeah. how many times do I need to be dunked? You know, and then the standard, like, uh, I got baptized when I was young and now I'm older and I realize what it is now. And I didn't walk with Jesus for the last 10 years. Do I yeah. need to get like rebaptized? Like, how that's do a I, big question. You know, like, what do I need to do with that? And like, is there a right and wrong way to do this? Like, you know, and I think that's ultimately what you run up against. It's like, why do we need to get baptized? Is there a right and wrong way to do it? Do I need to get rebaptized? Maybe those are the three things that we yeah. need to just talk through real quick so the first one is you know like why do i need to get baptized why why is baptism important i think one of the reasons that i i was personally scared to talk about at the beginning Mm -hmm. then we had a conversation yesterday i felt better is in my tradition i think in your tradition i think in the college we went to which i love and respect and admire the baptism is tied to salvation yeah and i don't think that's wrong but because it's tied to salvation, you want to get it right. Yeah. And a lot of people are trying to get it right and doing different things. And that and can be scary when you're talking yeah. about salvation. It's like, are you are you a Christian or not? Are you saved or not? And they tie that question to baptism. Like, oh, you just got sprinkled. Does that affect your salvation or not? And just to be clear, like when we were talking about it yesterday, I think it's healthy because like if you're listening to this and you're like, what do you mean by salvation? Like maybe you're, you know, okay, you're learning yeah. a lot. Like, like genuinely, like what you're pulling off of and what our tradition is, is kind of Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It's mm-hmm. this thing that Jesus told his followers to do. One of the last things he told them to do, it's called the great commission, mm-hmm. you know, is go out into the world and baptize and make disciples, baptizing them yes. in the name of you the know, father. And so yeah. like this language in there is like, so tied to like exactly what you're supposed to do yeah the whole process is a a a devout christian goes out and will find somebody who's not a devout christian yep and will try to pull them into christianity not out of any selfish or weird motives but simply because it is 
the greatest thing. It's like one, the, pers- one person who's hungry that has bread. Yeah. Offering bread to the, to the next person yeah. that's hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person going out to those people is not better than them. It's not they, – they are not incomplete and need the gospel and need Christianity and need salvation because mm-hmm. they're fill in the blank. They need it because they're a human being and it ties into sin, which – easily defined as like rebellion against God. Absolutely. Salvation and like the hope of all eternity is that we would be reunited with God in a perfect community. It's not to sit on a cloud and play a harp forever. I'd have to learn the harp first. Oh my gosh. But it it's to to Maybe I'll need eternity. <laughs> it's like if you've ever maybe your family was this way or maybe you visited a friend's house that was this way. That was just so inviting and not weird. Yeah. Like they they didn't need small talk. They knew mm-hmm. they they like cared about each other. They were interested in you. They valued you. Imagine that, but forever. Yeah. And without any flaws. That that's like the goal. We have we have our path to that, and we desperately want other people to have that. I agree. That's and that's salvation. That's like Absolutely. We want to we want to bring you into And that's that's what's so sh- what I still struggle with when this discussion comes up because that that's what draws these discussions to become a little bit more difficult because people are going, that's the key, right? Like if we don't get them wet and if they don't get dunked, they don't get in. Yeah. And you know, the thing that we've talked about before on this podcast that maybe not with you, but it's like, can you define the moment when, salvation occurs you know like Mm -hmm. at a moment when you believe is it the moment when you turn back is it the moment you surrender your life and like give jesus the wheel you know is it is it or is it when you come up out of the water hey someone's calling us how nice of them to call (laughs) in the middle of the podcast hold on just a second hush phone (laughs) i think um the brilliancy of what we're talking about too good job ryan you know yeah. that um is we want to not run past that or ignore yeah. that that's a part of this what we want to say is that baptism is more than what most of the time we think about yeah and what i loved about our little discussion that i want to repeat here now is what was the part of maybe baptism that wasn't emphasized that you have grown into understanding of that you wish more people thought about um, and why why maybe baptism is a little bit more broad and a lot more maybe communal than we thought. Yeah, so that what you were leaning toward is what I was going to say. Is yeah. I, so, so like I grew up with this understanding of baptism. My best friend growing up was Catholic, and yeah. he started going to my youth group, and that brought up a lot of weird questions. Well, I got baptized as an infant. What does that mean? Do I need to be rebaptized and all yeah. this stuff? He came from that from that tradition, from the Catholic tradition, and did not really understand it super well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go through confirmation classes and all that, but but he, I don't know that he understood it well enough. He understood it well enough to know that he was baptized and like some like churchy answers about it. But what I love about that tradition, even though I think the way we do it is better, what I love about that tradition is it's communal. Uh, here's what I mean by that. So they view baptism like ancient Israel viewed circumcision. It marks you as a member of the community. Mm. Everybody there is baptized. When you get baptized, for them, it's 
for them, it's it's still about salvation, but it's mostly about bringing you into the community in the present. Yeah, I was talking about salvation as bringing you into the eternal community after we die. Yeah. Whenever. But for them, it's like, no, you're a part of the community now because you got baptized. Does it mean you're perfectly holy and you can't sin? And like, there's no, it just marks you as a member of the community. And here's the coolest part. When they walk into their church, they walk in. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, you've seen this happen. There's that little like bowl or pool of water kind of about waist high at the front of the building when you walk in and you dip your fingers in it and you make the sign of the cross on your forehead and your chest and your shoulders, that's their baptistry. So when they walk in, they dip their hands in the baptismal waters, reminding them of their own baptism, their own commitment to this group of people and to God's kingdom. They dip their fingers in that water, and everybody else dips their fingers in that water. So they're reminding them that like everybody there's baptized if you dip your fingers in the water and then they do the sign of the cross touching that cold water on their fingers to their forehead like in a tactile way a a touch kind of way reminding them of their commitment that those two elements the communal element and the the like covenant commitment element are things that i didn't think about baptism until absolutely three three four years ago and it's a remembrance thing like yeah i mean Every time someone's baptized, I think about my own baptism. Yeah. Like, that is definitely a thing. But to have it be a remembrance every single week like that mm-hmm. is a very cool idea. Like, that concept to me is, you know, e- a neat way of me going, like, I remember that I chose to do this. Yeah. You know, now, for them, obviously, as an infant, it wasn't their choice. And that is That's one of the true. bigger questions that, you know, we have. But I love when we had that discussion yesterday. I'm so glad that you brought it back up because it definitely was something I went home thinking about where I was like, Man, the power of that, of like the welcoming power to know that you have been brought into the community um, before you've made all the choices and the yeah. decisions is a powerful thing to say, no, you're welcomed in like you were in, um, you know, and then I think that's where I would go the next step that I would say, then your personal choice is the next thing. And that's where I, I yeah. kind of made the the distinction yesterday where I would say. Um, any parent that has baptized their child as an infant or as you know as a young child before the child really has the decision laid in front of them, that is a beautiful gift that the, that the parent has given to the child to say that this is how we want to raise you. This is the community we want you to grow up in. This is what we long for you to experience with God. Yeah. And uh, if it's seen that way and it's it's felt that way in my heart, I want that for my kids too, right? Yeah. But it feels like an arranged marriage. Yeah. And at some point, if that if that relationship that they want for you or promise to you or hope for you doesn't turn into actual love and commitment into your own heart and doesn't show itself in actually a ceremony that you play a part in, that you choose to, to participate in, I think it doesn't go to that salvation side, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that, that, that baptism by itself, especially in some of those... I'd I'd say high church traditions. What I mean by that is like, it looks really formal. There's Mm. like stained glass and Mm. pictures and yeah, that could be honestly what I just described could be in church Christ. But, um, (laughs) but like, like the stone buildings that look like a castle. Yeah. If it's kind of like that, it could be a high church tradition. They may wear robes Mm -hmm. like candles and like that kind of tradition Mm -hmm. for them. If you baptize it as an infant, I don't know. I'm not confident that that alone saves you. If you get baptized by an, as an infant and then go off and like 
mm-hmm. never actually learn about Jesus. And I think that's a great transition into this concept of is baptism absolutely necessary for salvation? And that is a tricky answer. Yes. I, it is a tricky answer. I, I would I would say, and I know for some of you out here, and this is maybe my quote that we should have said at the very beginning, but like we want to have dialogue on this. So yeah. You're like re, you know, listening to this and you're like, hey, I want to quote some scripture to you and I want to talk. Like, listen, listen, we are all about that. Like we were talking about the you know, the Egyptian eunuch that, you know, was like, hey, here's some water. Or Ethiopian, thank you, African. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he was like, here's some water. Let's do this. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, why wouldn't I be baptized now out of the book of Isaiah? You know, like, yeah. you know, it's like, I go from Isaiah into like Jesus stuff. And he's like, yeah, right. Like right now. Yes. Like right now. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's some communal sides of that. So like he, you can tell he's like, I want to be in this group. Yeah. But then I think there's also some like salvation sides of things where he's like, I want to fully yeah. commit and I want that thing you're o- that Jesus is offering. Um, I don't think <laughs> I don't think baptism is necessary for salvation. I I would agree, kind of. I think so. So gr- back to atonement <laughs> for yeah, a second. Uh-huh. So let's so go. growing let's up, we're going down the world, uh, and I want to I want to yeah. I'll have some more to say in a second. Yeah, but that's my blanket statement. Yeah. to get this discussion started. I would agree with that blanket statement in certain areas when mm-hmm. you apply it in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up and I think a lot of us grew up um, understanding atonement as a very legal thing. Jesus died for you legally. Yeah. So some behind the scenes, like black and white stuff happened and now you're free. Doesn't matter what you do today. Like that, that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's kind of the impression I got. So when I came to baptism, it was like, what you were just talking, where do we draw the line? Where's salvation yeah. at? Is it when you confess? Is it when you turn her back? Is it when you get baptized? Mm-hmm. And that question, I think, asks another question. Where are God's hands tied to when somebody is saved? Absolutely. And I think that that is a faulty question. That's a faulty question. So that's, that's why I agree with you. Yes. Is baptism necessary for salvation? No, because the way I would rephrase that is, are God's hands tied to where he cannot save somebody unless they've been baptized? I'd say no. And that's and I want to make sure I quickly preface this because some people just paused the video and just wrote the worst email ever if they yeah. didn't finish this discussion. So please listen to the end because I want to make that blanket statement because I believe when I hear statements like C.S. Lewis that says if God can condemn with one ounce of sin, then surely he can save with one ounce of faith. I believe that yeah. because I don't think God's hands are tied. The same and the secondary sentence that I would say after salvation is not necessary, or you know, baptism not necessary for salvation. I would tell you, but it's absolutely beneficial to do it. Yeah, I think I would phrase it as I think intent toward baptism is essential. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like if you just heard about Jesus and like faith sparked in your heart and you're like, I want to know more, and then you get hit by a bus. Like, I don't think God's like, well, he didn't yeah, get baptized. Sure. He's too dry. Can't take him. And what? But, yeah. but like, mm-hmm. if you hear that and that's it and you turn around, or if you hear that and you go to church and nothing in your life changes and you don't like, yeah, and you don't ever actively like worship Jesus or like give away your life in a, mm-hmm. you know, I'm crucifying myself with Jesus. I'm pruning my life. I'm, I'm changing 
mm-hmm. how my actions are and my thoughts. If you if you like hear about Jesus and are interested and then just sit around Christians and are like, I don't want to get baptized. That seems like too committal. No, I, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't know if God's hands are tied. But like we talked about in some of the mm-hmm. atonement theories thing, like it isn't just a black or white. You cross this line, you're done. I think in the, oh, no, on the books episode, I talked mm. about Salvation by Allegiance Alone, that book. And I think that that allegiance yeah. is that driving force that would lead you to baptism. Absolutely. And that's what I would say. Any person that's genuinely following Jesus that reads the Bible and reads Acts chapter 2, yeah. right? And it's like Peter's like, hey, this is you killed Jesus. Like, come back. And they're like, people are cut to the heart is what it yeah. says. And then they say, what should we do? And what does Peter say? Like repent, repent and, and be, be baptized. baptized. You know, yeah. Like, you know, like that's that's like his two things. He's like, yeah, turn back from what you're doing. You've rebelled from God is what repentance is. Yeah. Turn your thoughts, turn your way, you know, put your eyes back on Jesus and be baptized. Yeah. Now that ties so beautifully into covenant language yeah. because that would be the Jewish side of things too, where they would come and they would go, you know, Allah or God is one, you know, the Lord is one. And then they would say the Shema and then they would be circumcised. Yeah. And so, you know, like that is exactly what would happen. Um, And it is a part of the process. I always say, if you're not willing to stand up and be baptized in front of a group of people that love and care about you, your faith will struggle. Yeah. It will struggle to get off the ground because that is one of the easiest things to do. Because those people are for you. Yeah, those people already like are usually baptized themselves and yes. aren't like, "What's baptism?" They're excited yeah. for you. So, yeah. So I think that's I can I guess that's my mindset. Where you know, of course, the thief on the cross doesn't you know Jesus doesn't like try to spit on him to get him baptized before he like Here's some holy water. <laughs> but but like I think he's legitimately like you're gonna be with me today in heaven. Like yeah, the paradise. Like that that is how is that not salvation language? Like, you know what I mean? And so in my mind, I just go like God's hands aren't tied to baptism. However, I think he, Jesus himself was baptized. He asked us to do it because he believes it's a part of a healthy growth. Yeah. Part of a healthy process for salvation, for faith. And I think he intentionally left it as something that we're supposed to do. I think it's important because, Jesus cares about it. This Mm -hmm. is just what you're saying. It's important because it's an issue over which Jesus' heart breaks. It's not important because the water is magic or the water is the finish line. And, oh, I dove over the water. One hand got in and then I I, I died. Like, I made it. My hand's in heaven. I'm imagining that in a a movie now. (laughs) The slow-mo. Like Hercules. He didn't make it. Yeah. I mean, Grant Agler, who used to be uh, the senior pastor at Kingsway years ago, used to say, if all it was was the water, we would fill up every truck in the parking lot and go dunk everyone we could in the name of Jesus. And we would get a bunch of people into heaven today. You know, obviously it's a heart change. That's reflected externally, right? Yeah. An inward change expressed externally in an outward expression of baptism. Yeah. If that inward change is not happening, baptism too can be completely false. It's you know if you're just doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's not a part of the process either. It's you know? not a guarantee. <laughs> at the at the church I was at before, we had somebody call uh, the office and want to talk to one of the pastors, and they wanted to get baptized. They never went to our church. They told us they would not go to our church. 
they wanted to get baptized in a private baptism with nobody else around. Uh, and when we were like, do you like, we'll need you to go to our baptism class. They were like, no, I just need to get baptized. Yeah. We, uh, we didn't love that. Well, cause, that's, cause that's, that's baptism as a magic potion yes. rather than as a step in the process of giving your life over to Jesus of allegiance of love. Yes. Yeah. It was and, totally separate from that. And I think that's where we need to end this. So, you know, we were coming off of Easter. We're talking about the journey of hope right now in a current series. And I've already had uh, a couple people ask and are going to be getting baptized. And so I guess just right when I'm in the discussion, like who needs to be baptized? Like, how do you know? Like when it's time? Oh, okay. And who, who needs to is everybody. Everybody. But, yeah. But, but I'm saying like when and when. how do you know you're ready? So... I'm getting a call with the answer right now. <laughs> now, um, who needs to be baptized? So I'm going to tell the story, and it's going to tie in. Yeah, I promise. No, do okay, it. I love it. Uh, so, so Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch—that thing we talked about. Yes. Where he read Isaiah 53, and then he's like, talks about Jesus, and he's like, "What should stop me from being baptized right now?" And they get mm. baptized. Yeah. That's Acts chapter eight. That's probably like AD 40. Yeah, I, I don't know. Say it's somewhere around in Jesus there. has been dead and resurrected and ascended for a couple years at least. And then they've been yeah. they've been persecuted enough that they've started yeah. to spread. Yeah. So it'll take a little time. Rome Rome is like the empire that controls everything. They're not happy with Christianity. Mm-hmm. By the year like two hundred, in which Rome is still not loving Christianity and won't be for a hundred years, here's the process for baptism. You like get brought to a church or like find out about the Lord or get evangelized to. And um, you're like, I want to take the next steps. And they say, okay. And you get put in classes and like you're an apprentice for baptism for years up to like two and a half, three years. They're Uh. keeping it from you. And you're an apprentice for baptism for two and a half, three years. They're really testing you and scrutinizing. And, uh, and then when you get baptized, like the, the, you get baptized on Easter because that's the day that Jesus resurrected. You're identifying with him in your baptism mm-hmm. and you have to stand there. I'm, this is my favorite part. I'm pretty sure, butt naked, like in the baptistry Goodness. and they're berating you with questions. They're like, do you, do you believe that Jesus is God? And you're like, yes. And you're cold. And they're like, do <laughs> yes. you believe that, that he's the Lord of all creation? And you're like, yes. They're like, do you renounce the devil and all his works? And you're like, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, it's so hard to get baptized. Gosh, I can't imagine that. If they, they're close enough to where somebody in those churches knew one of the living apostles, or maybe their dad knew one of the living apostles. Um, Cause John lived to like 90. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So maybe a couple of generations away. They're, they're not like far away from the core of Christianity. And they're struggling. And, but they're like testing people. Gosh. They're holding people back. I'm not saying we're going to do that now. Definitely not. Uh, please get baptized clothed. <laughs> but, but like, there is a side to it that's like, what should stop me? And there's another side to it that's like, yeah. Do are you, you ready? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are what what? How much will you give up to get baptized? Yeah. And I think. I I don't know what like question and answer will prove to you that somebody's at that point, sure. but like, 
Like, how important is Jesus to you? That's a question you have to ask before you get baptized. And I think there's a balance. And obviously, like, that story, I think, over-exaggerates how, yeah. like, sometimes we're so flippant with it, right? Where we're just kind of like, you come in, you, you hear one message, and you're like, sweet. And you feel like the Ethiopian guy, and you're just like, yeah, water, good, I'm done. And then we never talk to you again, right? Like, yeah. You know, and then you, like, go away, and you're like, all right, whatever. And in some ways, uh, I do know that God works like that. Yeah. Like, I really do believe that God sometimes, that's exactly how he works. But I also know that in the Midwest, especially with family pressure and social yeah. pressure um, and feeling like, you know, you're not there yet, but you need to be. And so, like, why wouldn't you just go ahead and do it? Um, kids especially can feel that yeah, way. Um, definitely. You know, if you grew up in a Christian home, I know I felt that. You know, my dad and my mom, they weren't in ever intentionally just like, you know, you need to be baptized. But you watch people, you're listening to people, you're hearing it over and over again, you hear how important it is, and then you're like, well, I guess at some point, you know, I should do this. Uh, you know, where I go on this is always this, like, if anybody out there has watched someone get married, <laughs> or if you've yeah. been married, uh, or if you are married, the process to picking a bride and then going down the aisle or, you know, standing in front and watching them, like, come like come down the aisle, like, making this happen and going through that is incredibly intense. Yeah. Some of them are Vegas weddings. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them are yeah. incredibly extravagant, and they take time to plan, and it's a really built-up moment, and it's very special. But I've been to lots of weddings where all the pomp and circumstance is there, but the relationship isn't genuine. Yeah. You know, and like you can just tell there's just a little bit something off. They're treating marriage and mm. their wedding like a magic potion. Yes. To cure their own loneliness or their own yes. or and their own shame about not being married this late in life or Yes. And it feels you're like, Oh, I hope it works. You know? Yeah. And I as as much as I can say, like, there's a part of me that wants every person that chooses to get baptized. To, to have that spur of the moment passion and excitement, but also a, a, a level of understanding that makes them cherish what they're doing with the right heart. Yeah. And um, that's why I'm always a huge proponent of like, I don't want to ever put fear in someone to scare them into baptism. Yeah. I don't want to do that. But I also don't want to chase them away from it because I do feel like it's a beautiful thing to kind of help spur you to recognizing that this is a big deal. And yeah. Like this is, this is a big step. Yeah. And I think, uh, what, one of the biggest things I like about how baptism worked back then is, um, you, in that story I told with the like three years and then, and then do you renounce Satan or whatever? Um, you had to, you were like an apprentice, which meant you had a person over you. You had like a, I don't know what the word is, but like mm -hmm. somebody walking with you along your Christian faith. And that's what I love about what we talked about yesterday is you were talking about how you don't like baptizing people yourself. If mm -hmm. you're not like the person they're close to, you want a parent or a friend or somebody who's going to be there for their whole life to walk with them. That, yep. that baptism is a, is a, it's not the finish line, it's the starting line. Uh, maybe not the starting line, but it's like a, yeah. a commitment line that says from here on out, yeah. I'm going to like aim my life this way. And everybody mm -hmm. here is going to hold me accountable to doing that and to being that way yeah. and to being this person I'm committing to be today. 
And that's why I love the marriage idea. And that's yeah. why I keep bringing it back. Cause like the marriage isn't the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. Right. Like, but it is a cornerstone and it's certainly not the end. No. Uh, like people who think like I just got married and now I can give up and like get fat. That's we're probably the two wrong people. Yeah. To talk about that too. <laughs> but like now I can give up. I don't have to try. I don't have to like, Mm-hmm. people have talked about continuing to date your wife, like continue yeah. to show them that value you showed them. Yeah. That's the same with baptism. Same you can't cross the line of baptism and give up. Oh my gosh. It is. Imagine the next day you're like, we did it, babe. We're out. All right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, what's it? That's over. Um, yeah. I think that drawing back to why I, when I, we talked about yesterday, I think that did give you comfort. And I know that was a part of the conversation where the kind of the things I think became where this conversation was important, you know, like, I can tell you the baptismo means to dip or to, you know, to completely submerge or submerge. I can tell you that that's why we choose to do baptism in the way that we do. I can tell you that the baptism was something that Jesus chose to do and chose to command his. I can tell you that it's an important part of the process because Jesus commanded us to go out into the world and do it. But I can also tell you that that it can be something that can be so intimidating, so frustrating, and it's sometimes a linchpin to just people feeling like they're off the hook for the rest yeah. of their relationship. And that's part of the reason why when I read Acts 2, and I read that 5,000 people or whatever, 3,000? 3,000? 3,000? That 3, sounds 000. right. Anyway, came to Christ in one moment. I remember when I was taught that at OCC, there were like 12 people or 40 people baptizing 3,000 people would take forever. You know what they probably did? is they probably had someone baptized and then turn around and baptize the next person behind them. Yeah. Because they're like, hey, let's just spread this out. You know, it's like, let's get this going. And the most powerful thing that I've experienced is baptizing someone. You mentioned that hug yeah. after you baptize that someone. That is pure It's pure dopamine. heaven. It's pure yeah. heaven, man. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. It's pure it heaven. It is. And that's why when I say I want a family member or a wife or a husband or a father or a mom or a grandparent, or a friend, to baptize. I want them to feel that. I want them to have that moment where they're at that that covenant, communal, you yeah. know, grace-filled, life-filled moment in their hands. God is using them in that moment to bring about this incredible expression. And I think it's life-changing. And I, like I said to you yesterday, I think it's amazing when that person has the has the position then in year two or year three when they look at them and go, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I remember that you're growing and I'm, I'm proud of you. It also holds you accountable. Yeah. You're like I'm baptizing people. I got to like get my act together. I got to like, remember I'm a part of the community of God. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Um, you know, and then it also, when people stumble, yeah, you know, you baptized me. Like I know you have the faith or I baptize you. Like I, I remember your faith. Uh, very Paul, you know, Timothy type idea. Yeah. And to me, that's how the church moves forward. It's not pastors baptizing everyone. It's not one position that's better than it's, it's us all recognizing that we're all tied communally. Like you said, like the water that we remember that we all started right here yeah, in the same place. And we're moving forward. It's not perfection. It's a part of the journey. And yeah. I and I, I think that's why, like, sometimes fathers or or different people in people's lives can be scared to baptize people because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you want me to baptize them? What does that say about my faith? Yeah. Has my faith been stagnant? Because if you're calling me to that, 
it's going to need to start flowing out of me into this person. It's going to need to start yes. being active again. And that might hurt a little bit. That might expose mm-hmm. some of the like rust and corrosion of my faith being stagnant. And it's amazing but it's, how it like, calls that out of people, though. Really but isn't that better? Yes. Than staying stagnant. And having, I, yeah. The, the worst fear I have is like I have had multiple times when I started at a church that didn't allow that and that made pastors baptize everyone. Is I had these these teenagers that were coming up to me years later as young adults and were like, "Man, you baptized me," and I didn't even remember their name. Yeah. And I felt awful about it. Like I was like, "No, like this this can't be the way." Like this cannot be the best way, and so that's well, the journey I've been on to kind of go. Yeah. Like, this let's reclaim this in a way that I felt like, you know, every person is supposed to baptize. Yeah, uh, every person is supposed to be a part of like you know an accountability or, or you know a part of making disciples, uh, making that happen. Well, I will tell you this: it, whether you have a small child that's asking a lot of questions, I know John Flowers has an incredible handout that he gives to parents um, mm-hmm. that helps them kind of walk through. Uh, perfect example of baptism is like. John's gospel doesn't mention it once. Yeah. And like he at the very end in chapter 20 is like, you know, I wrote this whole thing. So you'll believe no mention of baptism at all. Yeah. Um, which always is like to me, I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, none, none at all. But I would tell you, John would tell, tell you to be baptized. And I think first John kind of leads you to that covenant relationship idea a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think the idea of you taking your next step and expressing things and recognizing that you can fully fall in love with Jesus, but come to the wedding, like make this expression public, make it communal, yeah. invite someone close into your, you know, in your life to, to partner with you to walk. I think baptism's a beautiful gift in that way. And it's a part yeah. of the process. Um, you know, any, any last comments as you're, you know, maybe you are listening and you're wanting to get baptized, please email us. We'd mm. love to talk more about this or break this down. Yeah. If you were baptized as a young person and you feel like you're like, oh, what do I do now? I would tell you, you know, if you were baptized in a place where you made the decision, maybe at 15, 16, you know, years old, now you're in your 20s, your 30s, and you're like, I haven't walked with Jesus for 20 years. Do I need to be rebaptized? What I would tell you is no. But it sometimes can be like uh, where people do their uh, re- their do their vows again. Yeah, like it can be a healthy symbolism, but it's not necessarily the same. You don't need to spend another thirty thousand dollars on no, another wedding. No, but to come yeah. in and be it, have it be a symbolic thing. Sure, like that sounds yeah. great, um, but it's not necessary. But it's definitely come sometimes beneficial. If yeah. it's something that you feel like would help you take your next steps. But that's not something like every week when you mess up, you like come back in, you're like, well, time to get wet again. Like, I don't think yeah. that's a part of the process. Um, I think we all make mistakes. I don't think any of us are perfect. That's not what baptism is about. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the person that's waiting to get baptized for the first time. Yeah, I'd love to sit down with you and chat. We have a meet Kingsway class after church um, this Sunday. So, you know, if, like that's what that's for is to kind of have those questions, have a chance to talk, have a chance to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that way we can try to get the baptism warm when you come, so it's not. So it's not freezing. <laughs> I mean, any thoughts in closing, Ryan? Anything you, you're thinking that we've talked through that maybe we need to clarify? Or anything? there was a thing or two that was like that might be confusing if we leave it unsaid, mm-hmm. and I've forgotten all of them. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I'm sure there was. You know, this is an open discussion. We don't have any notes. We're not planning this out. Yeah. It's it's more just us going. This is worthy of our time. Um, you know, there's so many scriptures and so many things that we probably didn't mention that we could have. Um, but I, it's evident in the books of a- book of Acts, every conversion is almost always partnered with baptism. 
you can tell that they are very much yeah. so seeing that as a part of the conversion. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think it's worthy of our conversation to see it's more than just salvation. It's more than just this check on the, you know, the bed, the bedpost to say that I've yeah. done it. I think it's a lot more communal than we've talked to, you know, than we've been naturally yeah. taught. And I think it's healthy for people to see it as like, I need this because it's a, it's a part of me, not just personally attaching myself to Jesus, but also communally attaching myself to the community, the kingdom of God, and then expressing that to them and inviting myself into that. Yeah. So I think that I love that way that you described that uh, when we talked about it, um, even in the first century where it's like, I love the, the Catholic side of it, that the liturgical side that I haven't been a part of at all, that I think has some beauty in it. Yeah. That the like remembrance part, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. dipping your fingers in the water. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, um, I think there's beauty in that. I really do. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for paying attention and watching. And again, uh, or listening, uh, if you found this beneficial, or if you want to check out more content, feel free to subscribe. Or, you know, if you felt like this helped you in any way, click that like button. Yeah. Uh, helps us get out to more people. Maybe even send this discussion to somebody that maybe you're like, hey, this was helpful, or is this even accurate, or <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, be nice yeah. in the comments, and uh, you know, give us places to learn and grow. This is all about this, and we'll give you space to learn and grow, and we'll we'll learn and grow together. And I don't think anybody has a cornerstone on complete uh, understanding on every topic, and we're just trying to take the next steps yeah. and help others too, too, as well. So, hey, thanks so much for watching today and listening. Have a great, glorious day in the Lord. See you later. See ya.